Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number eight. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. Want to help support this show? Visit gspn.tv slash donate today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Help I Got a Mac. This is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. And we are coming to you with another episode of a podcast that's devoted to the Mac Switcher. For those of you who have maybe just recently purchased a Mac or received a Mac as a gift, or for those of you who are anticipating possibly the purchase of a Mac, or even better yet, the gift of Uncle Steve's computer to you. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh. Hey, Chris, what do we got on tap for us this evening, sir? Oh, man. Well, we're going to finally reveal who wins the magical Apple shirt. Okay. Um, yeah, we got some questions. We got, we're going to answer some questions tonight. Um, that's going to be that's gonna be most of it. And I've also got a really cool software uh, must-have that will allow you to, to, to do something without using Windows. Uh, it's pretty cool. Very cool. Hey, I just want to start off by saying happy birthday to you, sir. Thank you. I understand you, you just turned you. 42. <laughs> <laughs> I feel 42. No, I just turned 31. So wow. 31 years ago, my mom birthed me. So wow. we had, uh, we had, yeah, we had my folks and her folks and my wife's folks out. And yeah, for dinner, it was a good time. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Where'd you guys go to dinner? We, Actually, my wife made dinner here. Oh, wow. Cool. So I'm a little sleepy with food, but that's okay. Very cool. And we are also, we're recording this live in front of an internet audience, and we have Brad from Alaska in the, in the chat room. We have our good friend Brett Irwin in the chat room, and we also have uh, Web Guy in the room. And I think that is, oh, goodness, I can, Wayne, Wayne Dixon, I believe. So anyway, uh, welcome to all of you who are out there in the chat room. And of course, we are on the front page of Ustream.tv. So welcome to all of you out there on the front page of uh, Ustream.tv. We invite you to click on that little button underneath the picture here and uh, go ahead and come into the chat room with us. Uh, Ask us questions about the Mac OS and uh, find out whether or not a, a Macintosh might be in your future. So, Chris, let's go ahead and talk about, uh, why don't you give us a little recap of what happened last week? What was this contest all about? Well, uh, we decided that I, I used to work for Apple, and uh, I've got buku amounts of shirts uh, that I've collected over the years that are gently used. Some of them brand new, some of them not brand new, but uh, all in beautiful condition that my wife would really like me to get rid of. So I thought, what, what, what a great way to... Uh, have people participate is to give away these shirts. Uh, so we're giving one away tonight. Uh, and what people went, uh, what, what we had them do was go to the uh, gspn.tv forums and submit a question. And Very the winning cool. question tonight gets a shirt. And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I'm going to make round two and I'm going to give away another shirt. Awesome, awesome, so awesome. So this is it's not just one. I've got a couple of them to give away. Very cool. And so last week they we, we informed them that you had to go into the forum and you had to ask a question that we could use here. And the questions uh, that we wanted are 
questions that would be good topics for us to discuss. Uh, putting yourself in the shoes of somebody who's just thinking about buying a Mac or somebody who's just got one. And so uh, I think you chose three questions out of the forum. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. And we're going to do the winning question last. Yes. All right. So let's start off with the first question and who asked it? All right. It was uh, Andrea. I'm not going to try to pronounce the first part of it. Uh, Andrea Zuniga. Thank you. You're welcome. And her question, <laughs> and her question was, uh, I think since the focus of the show is switchers, as uh, as a soon-to-be switcher, one of the things I need is a way to run Windows on my Mac. For me, it's a must-have because most of my customers will use Office, but for others, they want the comfort of knowing that the PC is still there. What do you guys recommend, and how... Could you highlight the difference between the two? Should I invest in parallels or use the boot camp that comes with Leopard? All righty. So uh, let me start off with my limited experience, and then I'll let you go in with your uh, vast experience. How's that sound, Chris? Sounds wonderful. All right. So when I obviously, uh, I, I personally despised my MacBook uh, after three weeks of owning it back in June. <laughs> And the reason why is because I just felt like I was I was cut off from technology as I knew it. And so I was I was very much upset with the fact that I could not run Adobe Audition 2.0, of course, on my Mac. And I knew that going into it, but I didn't realize how much I would miss it. In fact, I remember saying to myself, I'm gonna buy my MacBook and it's not gonna I'm gonna use it for everything other than audio editing. And so, Mm -hmm. but when I got it and I found out how much I enjoyed using my MacBook, well, I wanted to be able to use it for audio editing also. And so I decided I have to have XP installed on this system. And so basically what I, I ran into was, okay, Rob Johnson, both my, he's actually my best friend and very good friend of yours as well, Chris. In fact, it, Mm -hmm. it was Rob that introduced the two of us, which is amazing. So, yay, Rob. Anyway, um, anyway, so Rob said he, he was using Parallels, and that was, that was how he was running um, the Windows platform on his system. And I figured, you know, if Rob's running it and it's working, I might as well go ahead and do it. That way, if I screw things up, I know somebody that, can, that I can call who can right. help me through the process. So I, yeah. ch- I chose Parallels because I knew somebody else who was using Parallels who could help me when I screwed Parallels up. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So sometimes, sometimes that is the best reason to choose one particular program over another. So with that being said, uh, there was also the option, however, to run Boot Camp, which is absolutely free. Now, I, I think Parallels is like, it's either $40, 60 or $70. I can't remember, but whatever. Yeah, it, I think it's like 79 bucks. Okay, 79 bucks. Yeah. It's totally worth it. However, I will tell you that when I first installed Parallels, and I got Parallels 3, the most recent one out there, when I got Parallels, it ran beautifully. But there have been times, especially times when I leave my computer on for, you know, three or four weeks in a row without rebooting, and sometimes, you know, going into sleep mode, coming out of the sleep mode, and and all kinds of other good jazz. There have been times when I've went into Parallels without a reboot in a very long time where it will either freeze up on me or it won't load or some of the portions of uh, Parallels will not load properly. 
and it just completely stinks as an interface and until I go ahead and shut down my system, completely reboot, and then load it back up and go back in, and it runs pretty well. And yeah. so the problem for me is I'm a perfectionist, okay? And I do not like things that work perfectly 97% of the time, okay? I just don't like that. If there's a 3% chance that when I boot up my system and it's not going to work when I need it to work most, then that scares me. And And you were a Windows user? uh, Yeah. But here's the thing. XP, I, I very rarely ever run into a problem with XP. Very rare do I run into a problem. Um unless I start installing some really odd shareware kind of things. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, so basically what happened was is is I'm start and just now this just recently started to happen. Now that I'm getting ready to launch this new business, I have QuickBooks or not QuickBooks. Yeah, QuickBooks. QuickBooks is what I'm thinking of. So I want to install QuickBooks and I I've got the PC version of QuickBooks. And I want it to be available at all times, and I don't want it to not be available at a given certain period of time. And so I am to the point now where I will tell you that I'm not ready to use QuickBooks on my MacBook in Parallels. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, so, why don't you use QuickBooks uh, for, for Mac? Well, because it's it, there are there are some limitations, some thing there are a lot of things, a lot of features that are not available oh, yeah. in QuickBooks for Mac that are available in the basic standard version of the PC side. So, okay. so with that said, and, and not only that, but the, I've noticed this. I have noticed also a little bit of stuttering of the audio when lo- Windows is loading up and you hear the Windows startup sound. And yeah. it's kind of like it, it's kind of like it's the sound card is 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 you know it matter one, one thing I've noticed is that when I'm doing audio editing in the uh, XP side of things in Adobe Audition, I notice that even when I play audio through whatever player on the XP side, the audio is never as loud at its loudest point is never as loud as where it is on the Mac side. So it's almost as though through virtualization of all this stuff that it's losing some of its properties whereas i'm i'm wondering if i was to install uh, my software xp and start it over completely blow away parallels and instead put boot camp in its place i'm wondering if i wouldn't have a much better experience on the windows side of things running it through boot camp and not having it virtualized well Boot Camp is going to give you, a, you know, the best speed because it's running native. You know, it's a Windows laptop when you go into the Windows part. You know, um, you know, you, you've got your, you've got the full, the full access to the video card and everything like that. There's nothing. Well, like like the commercial says, you know, I think it was PC Magazine said that you know it is the fastest Vista laptop is a MacBook Pro running, you know, Vista and Boot Camp. Yeah. Now. Now, as far as virtualization, for for 90% of the, of the population, I think is gonna, virtualization is going to be fine. Uh, if I had to choose between Parallels and VMware, because VMware, is an, a, they, they make a product. They, they've been doing virtualization for years on you know the, the PC side, doing virtualization for servers and things like that. And they came out with a, a version for Mac called VMware Fusion. 
And if I had to choose between the two, I've been running both. I, I would probably go with VMware now. It seems to be a little bit faster. It also uh, knows that it's got two processors. Uh, so it, VMware, just for me, seems to work just fine. And uh, both of them, both Parallels and uh, VMware, can use your boot camp partition. So if you do decide to use boot camp, you can still use the, the Parallels. The, the bummer about boot camp is that you do have to restart the computer, which does take some time. Uh, with VMware and with Parallels, you can just start it up you know, whenever you need it and shut it back down without having to go out of your Mac environment. Okay, so Wayne in our chat room has said, Cliff, why don't you set up boot camp and then if necessary use Pel uh, Parallels to run uh, the boot camp partition. So that is something that we can do. So I, can, since, so I haven't wasted my money with Parallels. I can go ahead and install Windows XP uh, in, in with boot camp on my MacBook and then I can access that using parallels is that what they're saying yeah absolutely which which is nice because you get the speed of of parallels or vmware coming up whenever you need it and then also if you need to go in and get the full horsepower of your computer in windows you can use boot camp and i've i have that kind of set up on my laptop because there are times where i want to go in you know play game or or you know do something where i want to use the full attention of the cpu and of the of the video card on on my Mac on the Windows side. Gotcha. Okay, and then uh, we have uh, Jay Patrick in the uh, chat room, and he says he's got VMware uh, Fusion running, and it seems faster, although he was using faster than Parallels, and it was, uh, he says, although it was the older version of Parallels, the I guess uh, yeah. the two. Yeah, three, 3 still doesn't have support for uh, the dual cores, where, whereas VMware does, you can turn that option on and it'll use the power of both cores. So I would say at this point, VMware's still faster until Parallels gets that support. Plus, uh, VMware's got some experimental DirectX 9 uh, support. And for people who don't know, DirectX is basically a, it's a common platform for Windows to, to utilize graphics and things like that, mainly used for games. And the fact that you can play some games through VMware, it's amazing. You can play, you know, Half-Life 2 through it, and that's pretty cool. Very cool. So, I'm matter of fact, I think maybe one time, the next time you're in the studio here with me, Chris, uh, mm -hmm. I, I w I'm wondering if you'd be willing to help me through the process of upgrading to Leopard and um, making sure I have an adequate backup and, and do everything correctly and then install XP on my system uh, in the in the boot camp uh, using the new Leopard system and get all that up and running. Would you be willing to do that? <laughs> Brad says for a small consulting fee. <laughs> no, I, yeah, cool. absolutely. I'll come over early and, uh, you and, know. And I think what I'll do I'll is do I've got the video camera here, and so I, I believe what I could do or what I will do is videotape the process and make that yeah, an episode, good. a video cast episode of help I got a Mac. How's that sound? God, you guys are going to see my face. It's awful. No, <laughs> we can just do the Brad. back of your head. <laughs> Brad said you should give me an Apple TV. But that's okay. For an Apple TV. Gotcha. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Let's see here. Jay Patrick wrote in the chat room. It says, one problem I had with VMware was using the Parallels importer, but it was beta software. It would not detect my mouse or trackpad, but I think it was because the Parallels tools were hijacking those devices. Uh, 
Yeah, right. he said he, he said he also did a clean install and it worked okay. Um, what what the Parallels tools do when you're using Parallels? If you've got uh, if you've got a, a let's say you've got an Internet Explorer window open, you can actually move your mouse in and out of the windows without you know if you move your mouse out out of the the Parallels window, it'll automatically switch to the Mac. If you move it back in, it'll automatically switch to the Windows side. So it does do some, some weird things with your mouse driver and stuff like that. So that, that makes sense that that's going to happen. Yeah. So I think we've talked to this topic to death. We should probably move on to the next question. Well, and we just want to say special thank you to Andrea Zuniga for posting that question in the forum at gspn.tv forum slash forum. And- Yes, and that was a great question. Yes, and uh, the, also we want to welcome, uh, I believe it's Rob Williams from uh, the Tupelo Catholic Show. He's in the chat room under Tupelo Geek, so hello. All right, oh, go, on, go on to All the right. next one. The second question, again, it's not a winner, but it's from Jay Schaefer. Jay Schaefer, and, uh, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, it, this is an easy one, and I'm going to have you read the last one because it's a long one, and, and I hate reading out loud. Uh, his question though is, what is the upgradability of a Mac Mini versus an iMac? Okay, so upgradability. Explain to us what they might possibly be talking about, like well, upgradability, software, yeah, you, hardware, what? Could be both. When you get a new machine, you know, one of the questions you have to ask yourself is, what happens when I outgrow this machine? When you've stored all that you can store on it, as far as you know, data. Or you're trying to run newer applications and they're starting to run a little slow. Two of the main things that people do when they upgrade a machine, and this is Mac or Windows, is either install a larger hard drive or add a hard drive or put more RAM into their computer. And RAM allows you to run more things at one time, whereas a hard drive allows you to store more things. So you want to think of a hard drive as a big filing cabinet, and your RAM is the size of your desk, the more RAM you have, the bigger your desk space is, the more things you can lay on your desk at one time. Okay. And the, the issue with the Mac Mini versus an iMac, the iMac has what's called, a, it, the, there's user installable parts. And Apple's real specific on what those are. On an iMac, the, the user installable area is RAM. You can put more RAM into your computer. You cannot put a hard drive in it, though. And on the Mac Mini, there's nothing that's user serviceable inside there. Uh, you, if you want to put more RAM in your Mac Mini, you have to take it to the Apple Store or an, or an authorized Apple service center for them to do that. And the reason is, is there's no screws or any real visible way to get open a Mac Mini. You have to actually use a, a putty knife, actually two putty knives, to, to open up a Mac Mini. So you can do it yourself. There are websites. If you go to ifixit.com, there's instructions on how to open it up, but um, it's kind of terrifying if you've never done it before. Very good. So, so the upgradability on both of them, you can, you can put a, a bigger hard drive on, on both of them, but it's going to have to be external. For the new iMacs, I've never even opened one up yet, and, uh, but I'm, I'm, I know a, a suction cup is involved to get the glass <laughs> front of it off. That um, is crazy. To, yeah, according to the service manual. So I would say the upgradability of both of them, both you can add external hard drives either via, via FireWire or USB. And as far as RAM, you can, do it on your, you can do it yourself with the Mac Mini. Good luck. But you can most definitely do it yourself on an iMac. All righty. So let's go now. So, so who was that that gave us that? J, uh, J, is it J, I think it's Joe Schaefer. Okay. I, I know it goes by the initial J. 
But anyway, yeah. Jay Schaefer in the forum anyway uh, gave us that question. And now, Chris, are we ready for the grand prize winner, the winner of the Apple T-shirt? And it goes to... <laughs> And the winner is G Funk from the forum. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I've already contacted them. I don't. They haven't responded yet, so I don't know what their name is. All right. So, so this comes from G Funk, and uh, it says, first off, I really love your podcast." Well, there you go. That's how they won, right there. No, see. Yeah. If you ki- if you kiss up, you win. All right. No, I'm I currently have an old PC. It's about five to six years old. I've known for quite some time now that I'm in need of an upgrade. I like what I've been reading about Max, and I'm sure that's the purchase I will make. I'm holding off until I can find out more about the new line of laptops coming out in early 08. If I was to make a selection now, it would be either the black MacBook or the cheaper of the three MacBook Pros, the latter being the way I'm leaning. So my question is, when I get my laptop, I I still would like to keep my PC, the non-wireless, for internet browsing. I would like to set up a wireless network for the laptop. Can I hook up both and share files with ease? Is that possible to do? Or should I ditch the PC? I'm extremely or I'm especially interested in the airport extreme base station, but being new to the wireless scene, I don't know much about it. Hopefully you can talk a little about that. Also, you guys ha- you guys almost talked about it when one of your most recent po- in one of your most recent podcasts, but how do I transfer my iTunes and picture files over to the Mac once I get it? Thanks. So Can you G-Funk? see why I chose this one? <laughs> Absolutely. This is great stuff right here. So where do we want to begin with this, Chris? Well, first off, I want to let them know that uh, we don't know if new laptops are coming out in early 08 or not. Uh, they just did a refresh on the Macs a few months ago. Uh, I'm sure Steve's going to announce something at Macworld. As, as most people who've been using a Mac know, Macworld happens in January, and I think it's the f- second week. I think it starts the 12th. And uh, the beginning of every Macworld in January, Steve kicks off with a keynote. And typically, if he's going to release some kind of cool new consumer product, or at least announce a cool new consumer product, it's going to be then. So we might see a bump up uh, in laptops. We may not. I'm, I'm, I don't think we will. Uh, we may see a new product. But um, when she does, when, when, when they do get, I don't know if it's a he or she, but when they do get the new laptop, um, I would say you get it anytime you want, really. But if you want to wait till a certain time, I would wait for Steve's keynote. Okay. So, and, and of course, I've heard the rumors that maybe even a sub notebook might even be coming and all kinds of other stuff. But uh, I think MacBreak this week, uh, is it MacBreak Weekly? Is that the one that Leo Laporte does? Yeah. Yeah. They, they mentioned a rumor about the purchase of several thousand uh, L, uh, backlit. OLED screens or something like that or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, and, and we may see a, like like a bat, an LED backlit screen on the MacBook because they're already on the MacBook Pro. So that's 
I don't think that I think that's a non story to be honest with you. All right. So we don't know what's coming. However, I, I still think it's probably best if if you if you are able to do so. My suggestion is go ahead and wait until then anyway. And that way, whatever comes out, then if something new does come out, you're getting the most recent version. Uh, mm-hmm. There's nothing like spending sixteen hundred bucks on a piece of equipment only to find out that just four or five weeks later, it's been replaced by the next model. I, that, that's just crazy. At the same cost, by the way. Generally in the podcasting circles, it's a joke that if Leo Laporte buys a new piece of hardware, uh, wait a day or two and then the new one will come out. So Right. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, I know Alaska Brett's uh, writing in the chat room, possibly a touchscreen tablet. That would be totally awesome. And oh, Brett, I'd love to get that. Yeah, no doubt. And Brett Irwin is in the room, and he says, uh, I wish there was an ultra-portable Mac. I would buy it. Uh, I would get it right then and there. So, oh, yeah. And, and Alaska Brad agrees. Anyway, so here's the deal. Um, you know, he's, he says he's possibly going to uh, wait. Um, let me talk. Uh, well, of course, I'm not very familiar with the airport extreme base station, and I don't know what its real benefit is over uh, my $79 Linksys uh, wireless router. Is there any benefit of that over the any other <sighs> standard router out there? You know, um, I, I've got an airport uh, express, and the one thing I do like about it, um, instead of the other uh, ones I've tried, you know, I've had Netgear and and uh, Airlink and a couple other ones. The software is really, really nice to use. Uh, you don't have to log into a web server and that you you run airport administration software, and it's really in plain English. It's one of those typical Apple just gets it right. It's it's just real simple to, to set up and, and use. The one nice thing about the Extreme Base Station, uh, besides its 802.11n, it's it's a draft n, uh, so it's really fast. It's got, from what I heard, it's got really good reception. The one nice thing it does have on it, though, is it has the ability to have a USB network attack, uh, attached storage. And what that means is you can take an external hard drive and plug it into the uh, airport base station, and you have storage that any computer that's on the network can access, which is really, really cool. Very cool. Now, now I will tell you, um, as far as the Linksys router is concerned, I have this, you know, it's 79 bucks. You can get yourself a, a, a wireless router from just about anywhere. Staples even has them. Um, you can get them at Best Buy, just about anywhere, really. And so with that, hold on one second. I'm gonna about ready to get something. I'm yeah okay. So anyway, um, you can get those just about anywhere and plug them in. And although they come with installation CDs and all that other uh, jazz, typically you just plug it in and hook it up to your high speed high speed modem, and then you you go in and and both Windows and your Mac will automatically connect right up to it. Uh, if, if you're if you're on your non wireless system, just use an Ethernet cable uh, and plug it into the back of the Linksys router. Should should load right up. You really don't have to do a lot of setup. The only thing is, is that uh, if you are interested in uh, securing your wireless with passwords and stuff like that, you may want to look into the manual and find out how to go in and do that. Really, not that difficult at all. But how much is an Airport Extreme base station? It's way too much. <laughs> One seventy nine um, is what uh, Wayne is saying. Yeah, it's I, I, if if it was up to me, it's it's I think it's a hundred dollars too much, really. Yeah, 
you know, the, the network attached store, attached storage option does add a little bit of, of cost to it. I think if you bought an equivalent Linksys or, or Netgear at, at a Best Buy with that option, you're probably going to pay a little over $100, but nowhere near $180. Yeah, that just but seems it, But it is high. cool looking. It is cool looking. It looks, like, it looks like they took a Mac Mini and just sliced it or an Apple TV and kind of shaved it down a little bit. It's, a, it's that kind of form factor, which is pretty cool. All right. So now how easy is it for him to share the network uh, between his Mac and his old PC system? Extremely easy. Uh, built into OS X is something called the Samba. And what Samba is is an open source. It uses the same kind of it, – it, it allows you to access windowed – uh, Windows shared network connections, basically. So as long as you have uh, file sharing turned on on your Windows machine, you can access those shares on your uh, Mac. Now, I will tell you, it, it it's supposed to be easy, but for some reason, now, of course, on my XP machines, uh, I set up sharing with no passwords, whatever, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And um, with another PC, I can get in and not only pull documents off, but I can put documents on. I tried to sign into my open shared desktop folder with my MacBook the other day. I was able to pull documents off of my XP machine and put them onto my Mac, but what I was really trying to do is go the other way, and my and it told me that I did not have the right permissions to go the other way. Now, I'm a pretty tech-savvy person, and I just didn't have time to play with it or mess with it at the time. I just felt like it should work just like any other PC would. But uh, for some reason, even though I don't have a password set up on that folder, on that share, uh, my Mac told me that I didn't have the right permissions. Yeah, a lot of times you want to make sure that you have a, a valid username on the Windows machine or you sign in to it. it it's one of those things that I would have to kind of sit down and play with uh, to get working. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't there. have an easy question for that. But but it, what I'm saying, though, is, is it is it there. I mean, going from Mac to Windows over a network is not as easy as going from Windows to Windows. Now, because the reason why I say that and I say it with confidence is because I've been going Windows to Windows for ever since Windows 95. And trust me, back then it wasn't easy to do it, but I yeah. did it. And so the fact that I could do it even with Windows 95 Service Pack 2, I will tell you that, that it was a piece of cake in Windows 98 and XP. Uh, I, I could do it in my sleep. And, the, right. and and so when I say it is more difficult on a Mac, uh, the other day I, I did try to swap some things over and I, I ended up pulling out my two gigabyte thumb drive to, to bring the files from one system over to the other. So. Yeah, and I'm not going to – they're asking if, if they should ditch the PC. You know what? If it's working – you know, you might want to – once you get all the data transferred over, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Once you get all that over, I would it, – it, it might be a good opportunity to put like Ubuntu on it or something. Uh, the reason is is because, you know, it is a little older. Um, if you put Windows on it, it, it'll work fine for web browsing, but you might get a little more power out of it uh, turning it into a Linux box. And it'll give you something else to play with. Why not? Um, now, as far as uh, the airport, oh, I forgot to mention something about the airport uh, base station. It does have an extra port so they could put the base station next to the PC if it's a tower and plug it in directly through a cable and then have the wireless out you know, to the rest of the, uh, rest of the house. And that's something that the airport 
Express doesn't have. It just has, you just plug the Ethernet cable into the one port, and that's it. So that's something to keep in mind also. Right. Now, Allison says sometimes when she moves files from her MacBook to her PC, the, fi- the files show up with a dot underscore XLS extension, underscore before the file extension, uh, and the file is invalid. Does anybody else get this? That's weird. I would try to delete that, that underscore and just see what happens. Yeah, it should pull right up if you do that. Um, so. Yeah, it's weird. Now, the final question uh, this person had, G-Funk had, was, uh, let's see, uh, oh, how do you transfer your uh, iTunes and picture files over to the Mac once you get it? And what I'd recommend doing, I can tell you how to do it, you know, you <clears throat> copy to an external drive or whatever. But what I would, what I would do is if you have the opportunity to buy the Mac at an Apple store, uh-huh. go ahead and have them do it. Yep. You know, take your tower in when you buy it. Uh, it takes a couple days, but they, they will transfer all your iTunes and picture files over. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. That would so, be my, uh, yeah. my, my answer there. That is definitely a great option that's available at the Apple store is to let them do that for you. However, who's going to wait a couple, three or four days after you, you pay <laughs> the money to get that machine? Come on, Chris. That's true. Nobody's going to do that. All you do is back it up to an external drive and then import them mm-hmm. over to the other one. Now, iTunes is really cool because iTunes has a function that uh, if you go into it, in fact, I'm going to go to iTunes right this very second. All you need to do is go into, let's see here, fi- go into file and then it should have back up to disk. Now, if you, of course, with it being four or five years old, it's probably got just a CD-ROM uh, burner. And if you have a CDR burner, uh, you're going to need quite a few discs depending on how many songs you have. Uh, but it now, will burn them onto multiple song, d- CDs for you. Another option to do, that they mentioned iTunes, if you've got an iPod, you can use that as a drive. And since it's formatted for PC, it'll, it'll still work on the Mac just fine. Uh, you can actually put all your files on the iPod and then, and then bring them over to the Mac. And there's a program you can get for the Mac. It's if you spell iTunes backwards, like it's like snooty or something like that, it'll take all the songs on your iPod and transfer them over to your iTunes on your, on your Macintosh. Yep. So that's, an, that's another way of doing it is use, use your iPod. Yeah, and then your pictures, I would just suggest, again, uh, throwing those on an external drive and then bring them over. Mm-hmm. So those are some options for you, but in my opinion, is never get rid of a B- PC until it's absolutely dead or it's so slow that it's just unusable. Uh, yeah. And and his question is, you know, still keeping it for internet browsing? Absolutely, absolutely. It can still be used for quite a few things. Internet browsing. It can be used for the kids to use those games that you can go borrow from the library these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, put the Dora games and the spelling games, and I mean, there's a lot of things that old PC can still be used for. Uh, so so definitely don't get rid of it. I, I, that is that is uh, and, and if nothing else, you can if if you're not going to use it for things of that nature, then donate it to um, donate it to some place that uses those things. Uh, there are a lot of places out there. Uh, definitely don't take it and just put it out in your trash because there you know the recyclability ability on on that system, especially since you're still using it and it still actually runs. There are a lot of good uses for those and. Uh, I encourage yeah, and, you to find a use other than the trash can. 
Yeah, it, it, there's places that'll take those computers and recycle them. And what they're doing is they're, there was a news story about this recently. They're sending them off to China, where like underage kids are using the, all these harmful chemicals and stuff to to recycle these computers. So your best bet is, you know, find out if a if a church needs it or you know Goodwill or or something. Someone somewhere. You know who doesn't? Someone who doesn't have a computer would probably love to have that computer. Absolutely, abs, absolutely. Alrighty, so that is the end of the three questions that we wanted to use in today's story. Now, I want to just uh, mention a software pick this week. Uh, something I just downloaded tonight for the first time. You showed it to me a long time ago, Chris. And, okay. And uh, something that I'm going to be using uh, to record some. Uh, different video projects that I'm going to be working on, just a little short little video blog and video podcast entries. Uh, but I, I wanted something that's going to be easy to transfer, transmit and transfer files from one format to the other very easily. And it is called Visual Hub. I love this software. I use it every day just about. And how much is Visual Hub? <laughs> It's twenty three dollars and thirty two cents. It is amazing. Now, why do you think it's in thirty two cents? Because it's twenty three thirty two. Because the guy has a, the the guy who codes this has a sense of humor, and it's gotcha. really biz- like all the menus have these really bizarre, you know, dry humor type things. And if you go to techspansion dot com, I believe is the website for Visual Hub. Yep. Pre- pretty much, what you can do is you can take any video format. And turn it into any other video format. It's unreal what this program can do. And it does it flawlessly. And let me tell you, um, a, a test that I just recently uh, did is I have a JVC hard drive, hard drive-based camera. It's right here. You see that out there in Ustream land. Uh, this this records directly to the hard drive, and um, I, it also has an SD card slot here at the bottom, and Basically, it records in a proprietary JVC format, which I hate. It's called, uh, it's got a .mod extension. It's basically a modified uh, MP4 extension. But the only problem I have with it is if you tr- shoot in widescreen, there's absolutely no way for it to to uh, import over to widescreen unless you use the DV cable to, to input it that way in live real time, which negates the reason for having a hard drive based system. <laughs> but anyway, if I record it in your standard square picture format, then what I can do is I can put it I can record straight onto a flash drive, bring it over to my Mac without importing it in real time. I can just drag and drop it over and I can use Visual Hub to automatically transfer that over to a DV which then can be imported into uh, my uh, um, iMovie and, mm-hmm. and, and edited down for a great thing. Or if I want something just real quick and dirty, I can just record a short little program and uh, transfer it straight from the MOD into my iPod format or uh, Apple TV format or whatever format I want to go to, which is really, really nice. Yeah, you could even convert it to... to uh TiVo format if you wanted to you know play on your TiVo player it, the, it's it's amazing and they, they also make a, a free product called iSquint which what it does is pretty much the same thing the visual hub you can take any kind of formatted video uh, but it does one thing it just converts it for your iPod or you know or, or your uh, iPhone or your iPod touch and that's 
all it does. It just so if you if you just want video for your iPod video or, or iPhone, get iSquint and it doesn't cost you a dime. Okay. Very cool. So that that is an awesome pick and I encourage you to check it out. One other thing I do want to mention is that if you record a bunch of smaller clips, uh you there's an option to to kind of stretch or to string them all together so it makes it all one file that that can be played back to back. So just in case you want to put, take like four different recordings that you were out on the road doing, you don't want to actually put any title, any music, or any transitions between the scenes. You just your your desire is to get it out in a uh, iPod video podcast format as quickly as possible. You can drag them right into the program, tell it to stitch them together as one, export it as a uh, .mp4 uh, with the formatting, and boom, it's done. You upload it to the web. You're 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 good to go. Love the program. Uh, you can try it for free. It, it the only limitation is that you can only do up to two minutes, but it, that gives you plenty to just see how awesome the software is. And uh, I, as soon as we're done here, uh, I'm going to do a little video project that I'm going to release <laughs> for the podcast Answer Man show that I do over at podcastanswerman.com. See, hey. that shows your priorities there. I, I'm going to play Super Mario Galaxy that I just got for my birthday when we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> but so, anyway, I. I've got a software pick myself. Okay, go ahead. Uh, this one's pretty cool. Um, if you've ever got a need to run, man, we talked about this way back, I think like episode one or two. If you need to run Internet Explorer 6 or 7 on your Mac for some reason, and you don't want to install Boot Camp, you don't want to install Windows, you don't want to have to pay for Parallels or, or VMware or anything like that, I've got a solution for you. It's called IES for OS ten. And uh, we'll put a link in the in the forum for it. And what it does is it allows you to run Internet Explorer six or seven on your Mac without installing Windows. Huh? And it's free. Uh, yeah. What you say? <laughs> what it does is it, it uses there for for Linux. There is a an open source uh, program called Wine. Okay. And what and what Wine does is it kind of mimics the underpinnings of Windows to allow Windows applications to run on Linux without installing Windows. I know it's very confusing and kind of voodoo. Uh, there's a version of this for the Mac called Darwin. Yeah. Or Darwin. And, and what Darwin does is it, it, it does the same thing for the Mac. But it's really, really kind of hard to use and not real simple and everything. But uh, this program kind of uh, automates the whole process for you. And uh, there's a couple steps you need to do, you know, to make sure it works first. You have to install the X11 from your from your installation DVD, but those are pretty simple, and it, it walks you through all that. But if, once it's all done, it'll automatically get the uh, get get the browsers you need, and it'll automatically download them from from uh, from Microsoft and get them all set up for you. But and, and it's very very cool because it you can run these, and it doesn't do anything to your OS 10 installation. It's kind of encapsulated. It's very, very cool. It sounds interesting. I will tell you right off the bat, it's something I would probably personally shy away from because I am one of those people that I'm not so heavily into understanding how my Mac works that I I'm a, I, I sometimes say, okay, I'm not going to go try something that could possibly break something. And and as regard, regardless of how safe somebody says something is, I'm one of those types of individuals who says, eh, 
do I really need this functionality? And so, for but it, but for those of you who don't want to go out and pay for Windows, I guess this is something that if you needed to use Internet Explorer to get onto a banking site or something like that, maybe it's something to look into. Yeah, huh? it's it's pretty geeky, uh, but it's you know it's, it's a way to it's a way to do that if if you don't want to. Put Windows, or if you want to be, you know, cheap, which I'm all about being cheap. I'm all about being cheap too. In fact, uh, that's how we pay the bills here. Is Cliff is extremely cheap. So, <laughs> in fact, uh, we had mentioned at the front of the show that this show is supported by your donations, and uh, uh, there is, if you go to gspn.tv/donate, uh, if you find this pro- program uh, insightful or helpful to you in your decision of uh, either purchasing a Mac or now using your Mac, I would certainly uh, appreciate if you would be willing to uh, just check out and uh, read up at what's uh, written there in the donate section of our forum. And uh, you could either send a one-time donation of any amount or there are some options for recurring donations. And again, mm-hmm. that's at gspn.tv donate. So anyway, Chris, uh, I guess that wraps up everything we needed to share for today's show. What do you think? Uh oh, Chris, are you still there? I am here. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) does that wrap up everything we have? I think so. The 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 joys of voice over IP, you know. No problem. I I thought I lost (laughs) you there for just a second. So anyway, lose me for a second. That's okay. All right. So anyway, we want to thank everybody out there in the chat room for joining us. Uh, thank you for the folks over at Ustream.tv who have... Yeah, go uh, to the forum. Uh, round two for the next question uh, contest is going to be happening. So Absolutely. And you're going to do what? How, how are we going to distinguish the old uh, one from this one? I'm going to make a new one that's going to say round two on it. Okay, so go to gspn.tv slash forum and uh, basically go to the section that says help I got a Mac and in there, and if we didn't answer your question, we're, we we will answer it. I promise. Yeah, we, we trust me. We're gonna, and and that's what we're doing. We're trying to get as many questions as we can possibly get, so we can bring to you this kind of content on a weekly basis. Uh, so, if you would like to, please uh, go into the forum round two and ask your Mac switcher, switcher question. Maybe you already know the answer to it, but it's something that maybe would be great for people who are just thinking about getting a Mac, somebody who just got a Mac it's going to be helpful to them, then go ahead and ask the question in the forum. And and better yet, um, if you call in your question, you can, you can actually uh, give your entry that way as well. And so that's area code 859-795-4067. Again, it's area code 859-795-4067. And uh, basically, all you need to do is say that when you leave your message, hey, I also want this to be an entry for the free T-shirt contest. So, uh, Chris, happy birthday, man. Thank you. Thank you for spending your birthday with us. Oh, I wouldn't have it any other way. You are so dedicated, man. (laughs) When are you going to be back in the studio again? Uh, maybe a week or two. All right. Let me know so that I can go out and get my leopard copy because I'd like to be able to uh, switch that thing over. Sounds good. All right, guys. Until next time, uh, we invite you to go to gspn.tv and join the community. See ya. See ya.